Hi, and welcome to Wild Milk Podcast. I'm Caroline. And I'm Susan. And this is episode 61. I got it wrong last week. I saw. (laughs) (laughs) We finally number the episodes. We still don't know what episode. What are you talking about? I am going to talk about a missing persons case that will be a year old next week. Okay, cool. From here in Texas, actually from a place I used to live. Um, Actually on Monday, it will have been a year since he disappeared. Okay, I'm excited. Mine's kind of from 2022, so um, this is interesting. It is interesting. That doesn't usually happen. Mm Mm-mm. What are you talking about today? Uh, the Doomsday Mom. Lori Vallow. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this week. Okay. I think I think I went first last week. Okay, yeah. Okay. I, I will like go shirt, first. by the way. Okay, I got this off Amazon, and I was kind of skeptical at first because it's, like, extra soft do you know what I mean have you ever worn the American Eagle soft and sexy line no it's all super soft and like clings to you normally and so that's what this felt like but and it's it's not it's really super comfortable and it's got little finger holes love the finger holes I love the finger holes (laughs) I don't know what that is about but like Okay, we're talking about the little thumb hole in the cuff, guys. They're oh, not like, yeah. It's, <laughs> sorry. I realize now that. It makes no sense if you're just talking about it. Also, I just want to say that Old Navy has like a whole line of velvet pajamas right now. And I just want to encourage every single person in the world to buy them. I bet they're so cute, but velvet makes my skin crawl. What? I know. So does that. That must be some sort of a disorder. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. There's a lot of sensory stuff that happens. That's fair. I like, I, I can be fussy about texture, but I really like soft, like very soft things. Yeah. And they're, and it is really cute. It has like the, the bottoms have like the kind of waffly elastic. So they're a little bit high and the tops are kind of cropped. Cute. So cute. And so soft. I do like soft. They're super soft. I don't know where we were going with that. I don't either. I liked your shirt and off we went. I'll send you the link on Amazon. Yeah, definitely. I The thumb holes just make a shirt, a long sleeve shirt for me. Yeah. And you know, it's so hard to find, at least on Amazon, and I'm so guilty of just looking on Amazon and nowhere else. I search, you know, you search for like plus size tops and it's all like has Eeyore on it and like <laughs> it's lacy and it looks like something it's, that a boomer would wear I'm sorry but it does well it's all the same shit that's the same that's true of like every single thing that you look for for plus size anything it's like oh oh you're a big girl you must want to wear like three different patterns all at the same time or have it be like what? only tunics you know right? what I mean like, what I don't why can't we just have the same clothes everybody else has just in a larger size and some companies are 
starting to take those steps. Yeah. I have to say that Old Navy is like A++ on that right now because they just redid all of their sizing. In fact, I had to reorder usually bottoms like pajama bottoms or anything from Old Navy. I have to have 2X. So I just ordered what I would normally order and they're definitely too big. I had to like reorder the extra large. So they just redid all their sizing to be more accurate, but they also made it more inclusive. So I think every single thing goes up to like a 4X now. That's awesome. And I think they're carrying the majority. I have not been in a store, but I've read that they're carrying a whole lot of it, like actually in store, which is awesome. That is, you know, because I used to shop at Torrid and um, I used to shop at Lane Bryant when I worked at the mall. And it's kind of frustrating because one, it's really expensive. Like I had to on, on a whim buy a funeral dress at Torrid one day. I'd have to pay $70 for a striped say, maxi dress. $75 later. And, you know, Tor, uh, uh, Torrid is all, they have, like, Disney characters, which is fine. I'm not, like, saying you can't wear Disney characters, but sometimes you just want, like, a grunge band tee and not a Mickey Mouse tee. And then also at Lane Bryant, it's very business casual. It and is. That's it. Every now and then they have something. I The Lane Bryant here in town closed during the pandemic, yeah. and I was like, I don't miss that at all. Yeah. Like, I think I just default went there and, like, would try to find something that would maybe work. Yeah. Um, But also, fuck Torrid because of that whole situation with the TikTok creator. Um, I, mi- I guess I missed that. Um, Her name is, I think it's the other Hannah. Uh-huh. Um, and she does a lot of reviews of plus-size clothing retailers. And she talks about what we're talking about. Like, this is not what we want to wear. Why is it so expensive? Why mm. does everything have Disney characters or six different prints or, like, two directional stripes? Like, what is happening? Or, like, Star Wars. Yeah, it's just a lot. And I like, I mean, here's the thing. I like some of that stuff. But she's, like, but do I want a Princess Leia t-shirt for $45? No. Mm. Right. I don't. Um, But she... I don't know. I can't remember now. I think there was a live thing that Torrid invited people to. And with the CEO who is like sticking her head in the sand of the whole situation as far as like, this is not what anyone who wants to shop at Torrid wants to wear. Um, They ended up someone who definitely made references to the CEO of Torrid ended up like, stalking this TikTok creator and calling her job and like trying to get her fired for something that has nothing to do with her job. And when people started asking Torrid about it, their response was to turn off all their comments on everything. Hmm, That's odd. So my reaction to that is, you know what? I didn't want to shop there anyway. No, I, and now I really don't want to shop there. Did you know that they're owned by Nordstrom? I didn't know that. Does that mean Hot Topic is also now owned by Nordstrom? Because isn't Hot Topic and Torrid a sister company? I don't know about that. I know that companies like that are sold all the time. In the last I heard, uh, Torrid was owned by Nordstrom, and that's why their prices were just, like, ridiculously expensive. Interesting. I know they used to be a sister company with Hot Topic, but maybe they're not at all. Maybe they're not even associated. We went to the mall 
when we were um, over Thanksgiving for Black Friday, which we never do. I haven't stepped into a mall in probably four years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we went and I was so excited because they had a hot topic. And I, I mean, I knew it was still a thing. So we went in and it was so lame, Susan. Like yeah. Spencer's was better than Hot Topic. Well, Hot Topic used to be music driven and now it's more pop culture driven, which isn't the worst thing in the world. But it's also no. it's like they they needed to find a happy medium. Yeah, it was just like a lot of cartoons I didn't know. And it made me feel yeah. old. So maybe that's what it was. <laughs> When I worked at Hot Topic, it was like, it was absolutely 100% music driven, like Mm -hmm. band tees, but everything else was music driven. That's where all of the, like, everything started there. And then I don't even, I don't, we probably had some like cartoon character stuff, but like not a lot. Yeah. It was definitely more like music um, either referenced or like specific stuff. Like we would have like rockabilly dresses. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that now it's like all cartoon characters which I don't know I guess I somebody had I, to pick up all the Harry Potter merch when the de- when the what was the story that carried there was a story that actually the Warner Brothers store I have no idea we, I'm from a small town with a small mall <laughs> I have no idea wow that wasn't Disney was it no it wasn't Disney because I mean they're not but there was an actual store. Doesn't seem like that's what it was called, but that's what they carried. And that's, the, I mean, initially, that's the only place you could buy Harry Potter merch. Is it FYE? No. I don't know. Oh, my God. That's going to bother me. I'm going to Google find it. that information at some point. I will say anyway. that that mall also had a Claire's, and Claire's has not changed one bit. <laughs> Claire's has not changed. Claire's has never changed. They are like... Would you like things that are glow-in-the-dark, glittery, and frosty? We have it. Which, thank God, because where else would you go for that? Yeah, I was pumped. So my nieces wanted to go in, and they're like five and seven. So I was like, I'll go in with you. They still had fuzzy fuzzy journals with the lock and key. They had the, what is it, buy six items, get two free Something like that. I mean, it's like they had it's exactly tiaras the- and those cheap ass makeup kits that my nieces bought that put they put on me and then I broke out. It was horrible. Oh, no. Like, I'm still recovering from that. Whatever they put on my face. <laughs> anyway, we're so off topic. We're so off topic. We're way. We're just. Sorry. It's just okay. It started with a shirt, ended with Claire's. Exactly. And now I want to go to Claire's. I do too. Okay, so I am going to talk about Lori Vallow, otherwise known as the Doomsday Mom. This case started in 2019, but it really gained attention, I think, when the pandemic hit and everybody was like at home just sitting there. And they started to catch on to the fact that this woman and her husband, their kids were missing for, for a long time. But then the husband and wife, like, went to Hawaii and got married and were evading officers. And, like, the media asked them about their children. And they're like, they just didn't care. So I think people caught on to that. The children. Hmm. What children? Children. Children. It's like we have some of those. I don't know. Hmm. We're in Hawaii now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it was just really strange. We looked so around. I, we don't see them anyway. 
moving on. So all these conspiracy theories started to like form. Oh, maybe this was when like it started to gain attention on TikTok. So basically people were saying, and I'm going to get into why she's called the doomsday mom, but people were saying she was keeping them in an underground bunker that she had killed them because the apocalypse was coming. There were just a lot of theories. And honestly, spoiler alert, we still do not know why they did it because they're, court process is like ongoing and there's just a ton of issues, but I'll get into that. So Lori Vallow started to gain national attention when her two children, JJ and Tylee, were reported missing at the end of 2019. I'm going to just go through the timeline. So around 2015, 2016, Lori began reading Chad, what the fuck is his last name? Aaron. I don't even know where that came from. Daybell. First thing that came to my mind. Daybell. Now I don't know who that other person is, just for the record. Really? No it's her husband. No, no, no. Oh, that's the husband. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my brain. This is the. There's like half a cup of coffee in here, and that's like all the caffeine that I've had so far today. It's okay. We forgive you. Situation. And it's early for you. It is early for me. It is early for me to be doing things yeah. that require my brain. <laughs> this is when I'm prime. <laughs> mm-hmm. When we record at 7.30, give me about, I'm already shut Give down. me about 12 hours and I'm in. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to just repeat this. I'm just going to go through the timeline. So around 2015, 2016, Lori began dating Chad Daybell. Nope. Nope. <laughs> there are too many fucking chads in this situation no that's his name but she wasn't dating him i don't know why i said okay so around wait 2000- i thought that was the author i thought we were talking about an author am i just completely she's reading doomsday stuff right it's the same person it's the same that's why i was Spoiler so confused yeah. yeah i didn't know that it was the same person yeah she marries him she becomes obsessed Oh, this is like a whole misery situation. <laughs> well, he was willing. But I think a lot of True. people don't I think a lot of people don't know the whole background of like the doomsday stuff that they really she, got into. I knew that she had been like obsessed with this like doomsday. I was thinking it was fiction, but well, I mean, <laughs> arguably it's all fiction. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I was thinking it was just like a novel series. But I could be completely wrong about that too. I had no clue it was the same Chad is okay okay now I'm tracking now you're tracking so around 2015 2016 Lori began reading Chad Daybell's doomsday series and she became obsessed and I did not dig too much into this series because I don't want to give him any kind of credit and it is still on Amazon which kind of pisses me off but it is based loosely on his Mormon values there he's a Mormon (laughs) here we are episode two in a row where we talk about mormons (laughs) right and i think it started off pretty innocent it was just religious novels and then it started to get really like apocalyptic and he started focusing on the end of the world um so yeah i don't know too much about it but that's kind of based like a little bit about what it is gotcha for some reason i thought she was just reading like the left behind series or something i have no idea what that is it's the same concept, I think. I haven't read it. It's Christian, quote, 
Christian fiction. And I don't really understand. Yeah. Not my thing. No. Uh, We're moving to fall of 2018. Lori and her friend Melanie, who I have in quotation marks, is very clueless. Attended. We'll come back to that, but she's clueless. Attended a preparing a people event where she was introduced to Chad in person after reading his series. It's here that he told her that they had been married in seven previous lives. (laughs) And I have in my notes in all caps. Okay. Creeper vibes. Here's my question. How many women do you use that pickup line on before you get one to actually marry you? (laughs) And I just, you know, we were married in seven previous lives. Every other woman's like, um, okay. But Lori ate that shit up. She was she like, was like we were. oh, well, we should make it eight. And Chad and um, Lori are both married at this time. Keep that in mind. Okay. So December 5th, 2018, Chad and Lori appeared together on the Preparing a People podcast episode, which was called Time to Warrior Up. And I did want to listen to this, and it is no longer available on Apple or Google Podcast. I think once shit hit the fan in this case, they took it down. I mean, that's I guess that's maybe that's good. But at the yeah. same time, like, why can't we hear how crazy they are? They might have had to. I wonder if it was like a legal thing, like, until the case was over, if there was incriminating. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. February 2019, Lori told her husband, her husband Charles, that she no longer cared about him or JJ and that he was a zombie. And just remember this term zombie. She threatened to murder him and she said, I'm going to murder, murder you either today or tomorrow. She disappeared for almost 60 days after that. Which, to be fair, if someone threatens to murder you today or tomorrow, the best thing they could do is disappear for 60 60- And as I'm reading this, I'm just like, how scary? Because Charles does say him and Lori lived a very normal life. She was a devout Mormon or I don't know if I don't know if she was a Mormon or if she was just religious. But they lived a really normal life. Um, JJ was not her biological son. JJ is actually Charles's sister's son that he adopted. Okay. Well, I just wonder, like, I mean, I guess if they've, how long have they been married? Do you know? I want to say at least a decade. I feel like, I I mean, it seems like probably your first thing would be like concerned that your wife is having some sort of a mental breakdown. And I, or your first concern would instead, because my first instinct is like, why would you not take your kid and get the fuck out of there? But on the other hand, I'm sure like his first reaction wasn't, oh, this is a credible threat. But yet instead it was more like, oh, my God, something's wrong with her. I think that was kind of his first thought, like something's not right. Well, yeah, I mean, understand that would be it would be reasonable to like instead of to immediately just be like, I need to get out of here because I'm not safe. It it makes sense that your reaction would be. My loved one is having a mental problem. Yeah. So I don't, 
I cannot find, but I don't think that Tylee was Charles's biological daughter. I think Tylee was a daughter from another marriage before Charles, but I think that Lori and Charles had been together for at least a decade, but don't quote me on that. I can't find it. So Charles, that's when he decides to file for divorce. So remember, she's missing for basically two months after she threatened to kill him, but during that time, Charles decides to file for divorce, which good for you, Charles. I think I remember reading a small interview he did that said that they had had issues leading up to this so it wasn't just like she threatened to kill him it was a lot of stuff leading up to this and then she threatened to kill him and disappeared and that seems like a good time to go ahead and file for divorce which i fully support seems seems like a good time yeah seems seems reasonable so sometime around april Lori decides to come home charles dropped the divorce idea and wanted to make it work Lori had other plans Of course she did. She immediately made sure his life insurance beneficiary was her and not his sister. And remember, JJ is his sister's son. Biologically, his sister's son. That he adopted, yeah. So she's like, we need to make life insurance changes. And I don't know, Susan, you and I watch and listen to a lot of true crime. So immediately we know that's sketchy. But I don't know if he would have known that. So I would would think it was sketchy. Like, even if nothing else had happened, if suddenly, if I was married and suddenly my husband was like, hey, we need to make changes to this life insurance policy. I would be like, why? (laughs) But then add to that. But like, she literally threatened to kill you, bro. She told you she was going to kill you. And then she wanted to make changes to your life insurance, sir. Like, it's a lot. And the whole time, I'm not trying to victim blame because. No, I was trying. He to is a the, victim in this. I was very much trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but and I'm not blaming him, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I'm just questioning what would. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be concerned? I've never been put in a position like that. If Rich were to threaten to kill me, vanish for 30 days and come back and be his normal self, which I think is what she was acting like, I I don't know. I can't say. I, I would mean, I'm not saying, I would like to think. <laughs> I'm not saying that it I mean it makes sense it makes sense that he was like, okay, come home, we'll work it out. Even though, even though like obviously something's off, but like Hey, I want to come home and work it out. I don't want to get divorced. P.S. Um, we need to make some life insurance policy changes. Like, wait. <laughs> it's too much at once. Like, you think she's how about, up over coffee in the morning the next day? Like, she came home with. Leave the life insurance like it is. And you don't kill me in my sleep. Yeah, that's that's a little. I don't know. Again, I understand why your first concern is for, like, there's a mental health problem. Yeah. But I don't understand why you give a pass on like, oh yeah, let yeah, sure. We'll just change the life insurance. So not even three months after she comes home and casually brings up life insurance over coffee, he is dead. Charles Vallow is dead. He was killed in July of 2019 by Alex Cox, who is Lori's devout brother. 
Okay. More people. It's like people are thrown in here getting involved. So just try and remember all these names. Lori is laughing, making jokes. And you can see all this on body cam footage. This is all shown. Um, She's like, I'm sorry, neighbors. LOL. She didn't tell Charles's family that he had died. I think she texted his kids because he had kids from a previous marriage. She texted them and was like, Charles is no longer with us. And that was it with like a heart. So, okay, wait, how did, so her brother killed him. Yeah. I I'm, believe I'm going to get into that. No, I'm not going to, I don't know why I don't have that in my notes, but I know what happened. Well, tell so, us. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> basically Alex Cox is Lori's brother and he is devoted to her. We're not really sure what that relationship was like or I'm not really sure but I know that he was devoted to her and he was into the religious doomsday stuff as was she so when the police show up Alex Cox admits to killing Charles but he basically says he did it out of self-defense because Charles was trying to attack Tylee and Lori and so he killed him and The police, it's so frustrating when you watch the body cam footage because Alex Cox is sitting on the curb. The police are treating him like a child. They're like, can you tell us what happened? And they're just being like, there's no handcuffs. He admitted to murder. No handcuffs. They're casually having conversation with him, asking if he knows what happened. And I can understand, okay, you're trying to get what happened out of him. But it's just really weird when you watch the body cam footage. I have so many questions. (laughs) This whole situation is so stupid. I obviously was not paying attention to this. Like, I I recognize her name. I know, like, I know a little bit about it. But I had no idea that this was such a convoluted, insane deal. I had yeah. no clue. I had no clue about the brother killing the husband. Holy shit. I don't think anybody did because the main focus was on the kids and right. you know, nobody was really digging. But it, it's a series of events that leads up to her kids missing. And I feel like it should have been taken more seriously, but no charges were ever presented to Alex for killing Charles, even though he admitted to it, it was a self defense thing. And that was oh. just not questioned. So he claimed he was defending himself, but he was actually not even claiming to be defending himself. He was claiming to be defending someone else. It might I mean, have been himself, too. But he said he was trying to defend Lori and Tylee because Charles was trying to attack them because he was mad that Lori was going to leave again. Was there like any indication that they had been attacked? Mm, I don't know. Interesting. OK. Yeah, Where, I'm, not sure. remind, I'm sorry. I think you said it and I've already. Where is this happening? This is in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know what their laws are, but I think, I think, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not going to talk about that anymore because I don't know too much about that. I just know that's what happened. And I watched the body cam footage and saw how weird it was. Weird. So September 8th, 2019 is the last sighting of Tylee. And that was at Yellowstone when Lori, Alex, JJ, and Tylee were all on vacation. And it's a really sad picture because it's a picture. Oh, let me just like send it to you really quick so you can see it. Yeah. I think I may have seen this picture. I think this picture may be the first thing that I kind of clued into about this case. 
Yeah, so the picture is Tylee holding up JJ in her arms and then their uncle Alex Cox standing behind them with a smile on his face. And it's kind of a like I said, it's it's an odd picture now that you know kind of what happened. He looks like such a normal guy. And they look and happy. At, and at this point, at this point, her the dad is dead, right? Or the, the He's dad. been dead the since husband? July and this was taken in okay, September. Okay. Yeah. I'll post it. Um, so at this time, Tylee is 17 and JJ is seven. And I do want to say JJ is autistic. Um, I'm not sure like how far on the spectrum he is, but I do know that he is autistic. Okay. September 23rd or 24th. I'm not exactly sure because a few different articles had different days, which always freaking happens. The last known footage of JJ is on the 23rd from a doorbell camera of him playing with neighborhood friends. And that was the last known sighting from anyone other than his school. But the last sighting was from his school, which was on the 24th, when Lori unenrolled him and said she would be continuing his education at home. Which I think should be investigated. (laughs) When that happens, I think to an extent... Because, gosh, can you imagine? Well, I don't know. There's freedom of. No, I have. Mi- I kind of have mixed feelings about that. Um, yeah. yeah. You know what? No, I think that should be investigated. And here's why. Because kids being in school and or being involved in other act- other activities are like the those are the ways that other people have a window into whether or not a child is being abused. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. kids aren't involved in anything and they're not going to school, I mean, you're basically just creating a situation that can result in the kids being killed, which is, I mean, or it's not even that extreme. It can result in the kids just being in an abusive situation that nobody had, like they don't have any outlet. And I'm not, and I'm pretty sure you're not either saying there's anything against homeschooling. It's just not that sudden, that sudden, I know there's been a lot of it with COVID. A lot of parents are like, I'm taking my kid out of school and I'm doing it at home and well, blah, blah, I mean, blah. I'm not against homeschooling as long as what you're doing is actually homeschooling. Right. As opposed to some of the people who are, quote, homeschooling their kids and they're not teaching them and they're not learning things and they're not develop they're they're not helping their brains develop I don't care if you teach your kids the same shit that they learn in school there's a lot of ways to homeschool there's a lot of ways to go about it that aren't necessarily the conventional way and I'm that's all fine but there are definitely situations that like you said like said like all of a sudden they just like pull them out yeah I think it would have helped if the community would have known well, I don't know. I feel like maybe the community did know a little bit because her husband was murdered by her brother, but maybe not to the extent that they would have like questioned her pulling her son out so fast. It kind of depends on how she presented herself to other people. You know what I mean? Like she could have she could easily have been a sympathetic figure. Like they knew that the brother killed the husband, but maybe they believed the story. Mm-hmm. And she, Lori like, is like, oh, how terrible she's been living in this terrible situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lori is 
a piece of shit, but she is beautiful. I mean, like, she's beautiful. She's, like, got long, blonde, wavy hair that does the perfect wave, and she's got really nice, straight, white teeth, and she's a pretty woman, Mm -hmm. and she's a piece of shit. Anyway, moving on. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, she could, I I think, and, and maybe that is why there wasn't any other questions about it because mm-hmm. she presents, she puts on a good face. She presents herself as somebody who's taking care of her kids. Who's, you know, a good mom, whatever. Yeah. So who so knows? Sad. It is sad. So September 24th was the last day JJ was seen October 10th and October 16th. Tylee sent two Venmo payments to her, half-brother Colby, and the two Venmo payments, one was titled, We Love You, and the other was just a heart emoji. He says he expressed to Tylee he was worried about her through text, and her response was, she was safe and too busy to talk. And I think that he thought this was odd for Tylee. I was going to say, that does not sound like a 16 or 17-year-old kid responding. That sounds like somebody else responding from her phone. Yeah. That same month, in October of 2019, Brandon, I'm going to butcher this last name. Mm, it's like very Cajun. Boudreaux? Spell it. That's not right. <laughs> Boudreaux. Boudreaux, it's B-O-U-D-R-E-A-U-X. Boudreaux. Boudreaux, okay. The then estranged husband of Lori's niece, Melanie. I'm so sorry. I'm throwing all of these people and names at you. There's so many people. There's so many people involved. So Brandon was the estranged husband of Lori's niece, Melanie. He was shot. This is the same Melanie or there are two Melanies? This is the same. The same Melanie. What do you mean? There was a Melanie that was with her at a. Oh, a different Melanie. Okay. Okay. All right. Melanie, okay. her best friend. We have, we have two Melanies, a Cajun. <laughs> uh, there's a just, lot happening. It's a, there's a lot happening. So Melanie, her best friend, is not the same Melanie that is her niece. Okay. And I didn't. I, I don't think I really got back to why her best friend Melanie was clueless. But basically, that like this married man was coming on to her best friend and she was like supporting it. She went on the podcast with them. She was like, you guys are meant to be together, blah, blah, blah. We've anyway. talked about this though. There's different types of friends. Like everybody has the cheerleader friend mm-hmm. and like the cheerleader friend serves a purpose. But when you're stalking an author, that is not the friend to take with you. You do not <laughs> need the cheerleader friend. That is you when need you the need f- the, what the fuck is wrong with you friend. Exactly. And Melanie way, was not that. I am the, what the fuck is wrong with you friend. <laughs> I am the friend you call when you need to, like, actually come up with a solution to a problem. <laughs> That's good. I am it's not well. the friend you call when you just need somebody to be like, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> so, October 2019, Brandon Boudreau. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay. He was the then estranged husband. I think I just did all this. Lori's husband. <laughs> Holy shit. Brandon Boudreaux was the estranged husband of Lori's niece, Melanie, and he was shot in the driveway of his Gilbert, Arizona home from a vehicle that was still registered to Charles Vallow, who's been dead. (laughs) Are you following? 
I was not prepared for all of this. Let me add, Melanie is in this little group with Lori and Alex where they're starting to believe. Oh, and I haven't even talked about Chad at this point. No. But they're just talking about Lori and her family members killing each other off. They're believing all of this doomsday stuff, and they are basically in a mini, tiny little cult. Is there some reason that being in this cult means that you have to kill off your family members? So, yes. No, not your family members per se, but like people who are in your way, basically. And Chad and Lori have this theory that everyone who's not believing what they're believing, that the end is coming and it's coming now, is a zombie. And they mean zombie by like... I'm not even going to try to explain what they mean by zombie because it just doesn't fucking make sense. But basically, they're just going to kill off anyone who doesn't believe what they believe. Okay. All right. Yeah, sure. These people are getting crazier by the minute. (laughs) I was stressing writing these notes because I just kept thinking, like, the stuff is still happening. We're not even to the point where the children disappear yet. Okay. Yeah, this is That same month, October 2019, Chad's wife... Tammy Daybell was attacked in her driveway by what she believed was someone shooting a paintball gun. She reported it. Nobody took it seriously. They were like, it's just kids playing around. Weeks later, on October 19th, she died in her sleep, and it was recorded as natural causes. How is someone not putting these pieces together? This is happening within weeks I don't know. Why aren't they putting the pieces together? That just doesn't... I'm so confused. Nothing is being taken seriously. It's just... And I don't know if it's because... I don't know. I don't know. But nothing is being taken seriously. So, November 5th, 2019, Lori and Chad, without their children, are married in Hawaii just two weeks after Tammy's death. And I also want to point out, and I'm going to talk about it again at the end, I promise. Chad... And Tammy were married for over 20 years. They had five grown children together. Wow. And he just, and this this all just happens. I'm not going to say he killed her because we don't know. There's still ongoing trials about that. But it's pretty clear something sketchy happened to her well I mean look a lot of people are just dropping dead around this situation so not even just dropping dead people are getting shot and getting True. away with it. lots of people are being murdered and one person drops dead yeah um that's I don't understand how nobody was like that's suspicious yeah so we're back to Lori's townhouse, and this is November 26th, at the request of JJ's grandmother to conduct a welfare check on JJ. Lori told police JJ was in Arizona with family. Oh, I guess at this point, yeah, they're in Hawaii still. From what I can tell, because I haven't really, I I haven't watched the documentary, which is where a lot of this information was um, disseminated, readily available. I tried to find the documentary and it was you you still had to pay for it. It wasn't like out 
But True Crime Obsessed, which is a podcast I listened to, did an episode about it. So I was able to kind of get some of the details. This family that JJ was staying with was actually her friend, Melanie. We're back to Melanie. Friend Melanie, not niece Melanie. Okay. Lori called Melanie and said, I need you to say that JJ is with you. Just say you took JJ to a movie and just take a picture of a group of kids and send it to the police for me. And Melanie did it. No questions asked. I know Susan's eyes are huge. Come on. I'm sorry. Look. I'm a really loyal friend. There's a lot of shit that I will do for my friends. Under no circumstances would I ever pretend to have someone's child if I do not know where that child is. Yeah. And, you know, Melanie did it. Um, that's I just can't believe it. That is. That's a whole other level. We're just going to tag her in the group with Lori and just they're just pieces of shit. Absolute trash. I mean, like, here's the thing. You know for sure, for sure, for sure that the child is safe. And, like, there's a reason that the family member or whomever, like, Mm -hmm. you know what the situation is. You know that the child is safe. And they don't need to be found by somebody else who's in their family. Okay, cool. No problem. But. Yeah. Hey, the police need to know where my kid is. Just tell them it's with you. And good thing, good thing, JJ's grandmother, Kay, stepped in and asked for a welfare check. Because if you think about it, Lori's family is basically on her side. Nobody's asking about Tylee except for her half-brother. Her dad is dead. JJ, I mean, nobody's asking questions. Kay is the one who steps up and is like, um, can somebody check on this child? That's insane. And that's how this all got started, I think. So I'm going to... A lot happened between December of 2019 and March of 2020, and I'm going to kind of go through it as fast as I can, but still give good detail. Okay. So the FBI decided to further investigate Tammy's death, which, good for them. This fucking gnat is back, Susan. He likes the podcast. Like, I wonder if he's coming from my plants. Always. Alex Cox dies of a blood clot and high blood pressure. And remember Alex Cox? Yeah. Lori's brother. Okay. <laughs> it's weird. Um, Although, I mean, look, murdering somebody just so that you can, like, stalk an author, I could see how that would be very stressful. So Rexburg Police, which is, I think, the county or city that Lori lived in, Announced an official an official investigation into the disappearance of Tylee and JJ, and this is December 20th. January 3rd, 2020, Rexburg Police Department and FBI searched Chad and Tammy's former ho- former home in Idaho. Oh, I forgot. They fucking lived in Idaho for a little bit. Again, Arizona, Idaho. The Mormons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Mormons. <laughs> January 25th, 2020, local authorities locate Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow in Hawaii and serve Lori with a court order requiring her to produce the children within five days. January 30th, Lori misses her court order deadline to produce Jaylee, 
JJ and Tylee. February 10th, CBS News reports that Tylee's cell phone was found with Lori's belongings in Hawaii. And then I have in quotation marks, could she have been the one messaging Caleb, which I think she was. Probably, yeah. February 20th, Lori Vallow is arrested in Hawaii, charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children. Because they still don't know where the kids are. This is where all the theories are coming in about how there's an underground bunker. This is, I feel like the, like when they actually had a court order, this is where I tuned into this case and I had no idea how crazy it was leading up to it. I didn't either. (laughs) I did not. And then I saw they made a documentary on it. I was like, all right, so obviously there's some details. Let me just dig a little deeper. (laughs) February 26th in an extradition. Extradition? Mm -hmm. That didn't sound right for some reason. (laughs) In an extradition hearing, the judge refuses to lower Lori's $5 million bail. She remains incarcerated in Hawaii, waiting extradition to Idaho. March 6th, in the first hearing after being extradited from Hawaii to Idaho, the court lowers her bail from $5 million to $1 million. Lori still remains in jail. Some local bail bond companies reportedly have refused to assist her, which good for them. Damn. Yeah, I wouldn't. That's kind of wild. Yeah, but I mean, if the public's pushing for them not to, I could see how they were like, okay, yeah, we won't. But I don't know much about bail. Never been in jail, guys. I mean, that's like a, it's a business. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people that you bail out that you assist. I mean, basically, I don't know. That's kind of why, I mean, I don't know that I've ever... I don't know that I've ever heard that little detail along with any case that bail bonds bail bondsmen were actually refusing to assist sometimes I think because you know how in some cases they will say this person's a flight risk but the judge will just overturn it anyway and let them have bail Mm -hmm. I wonder if in some cases where that happens and the and people know this person is a flight risk then the bail people are like no we're not doing this I mean for sure I think that makes that makes sense like if they're it makes more sense to me that they refuse to assist because they don't think that they're going to get their money. Yeah. Than for any other reason, which no, no judgment it's your business. Like that's what you do. Yeah. Also, I just want to say the, um, the reduction in the bail. Bail amounts gets brought up a lot in true crime cases and people mm-hmm. get very bent out of shape about bail being set at what they think is too low for somebody. Mm-hmm. But bail, what an amount for, what a person's bail amount is to a great extent is a matter of law. So the, it may not be as like, it always sounds like, well, why would a judge reduce the bail? Well, her bail in Hawaii, they might, they may legally be able to hold her on a higher bail for that charge than what Idaho could actually hold her on. Like there, there's like a whole like schedule and there's some discretion within it, but it's pretty much like, this is what the charge is. This is what the max bail amount is. Mm -hmm. And it's a judge can't just be like, well, you can't have bail. That's not an option. That's good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's definitely like a very specific and it varies by state. So what somebody's bail might be for the same crime in one state isn't necessarily going to be what the maximum is in another state. So it's not always judges just being lenient. Sometimes they're just applying the law that's available to them and that's all they can do. 
Yeah. Um, okay. On June 9th, 2020, police executed a search warrant at Chad's home where they promptly discovered human remains buried in a makeshift pet cemetery. <laughs> Chad was immediately booked into jail um, on obstruction or concealment of evidence. He was later charged with felony murder. On the 10th, he his bail was set at $1 million, same as Lori. So I guess there you go, Idaho. Their bail is $1 million. <laughs> yeah. um, on July 2nd, prosecutors dropped two of the charges against Lori, which were two felony counts of desertion and non-support of her, her dependent children. And they instead charged her with obstruction or concealment of evidence in regards to her children's remains. Because they did find both children in the makeshift pet cemetery. I I just have one. Why is it a makeshift pet cemetery? Like, what makes it a pet cemetery? I think that that is where they had previously buried family pets. But, you know, it's not like a real cemetery. It's just like a little corner. My parents have one. It's in the corner of their lot where my mom's garden is. Yeah. What was that? I have no idea. Hang on one second. (laughs) I got coffee while I was up. Okay. He was, what was it? It was the kitten committing crime. He came up here and looked at me and I said, oh, hi. <laughs> he was like, what is this? He's like, what's what's happening here? That's adorable. Well, I, I'm I his, tried to get a picture, but he was too quick. I'm in his chair. He was like, no photos. Yeah, that's my cats are very, are very against the paparazzi um, unless they're not paying attention. <laughs> It he was, sense. he was, he just like casually strolled out of my bathroom and I was like, what are you doing? He just knocked stuff into the tub where he was playing as is his custom. Anyway, sorry about that. We kind of end on, in, in September of 2021, Lori Vallow is unfit to stand trial and she was admitted to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. They do an interview. I say they, I believe I have it. Um, up here at the top. It was it was either NBC or Fox News. I can't remember which one. But they did an interview with Lori's other brother, Adam Cox. Okay, okay. So they do an interview with Zach Cox, who is Adam Cox's son and Lori's nephew. Okay, okay. So many fucking nephews and aunts and nieces. He says, I don't think there was one kind of one kind of leading the other. Lori was, before she had even met Chad Daybell, she was listening to podcasts by Julie Rowe, who is a self-proclaimed clairvoyant who says she had visions about the end of times. Lori talked about death a lot. She talked about next life, how great next life is, and how it's going to be perfect, how her kids don't have to suffer in the next life. She says, well, he says I'm not... suffer less if you don't murder them. Mm-hmm. Zach says, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, I guess Lori says, I'm not going to tell you where the kids are, which her family takes to mean the kids aren't alive. Isn't that sad? It is. And also, like, did you, like, contact anybody and say? Well, she said this to some kind of media outlet while they were in Hawaii. So I think it all happened really fast. Because they were only looking for the kids for a short time. It makes more sense to me to tell media, I'm not going to tell you where my children are. Because, like, yeah, 
even if you weren't a crazy person who had murdered your children, I can see how you would not necessarily want to tell the media where your children are, but not telling your, telling your family, I'm not going to tell you where the, where my kids are. Yeah. Like, and he knew, I mean, not only did she say that, but they immediately felt like that meant that the kids were dead. Yeah. I think that, I think the sane people in Lori's family knew she was kind of going off the rails. Um, But also Zach, her nephew says in this interview, he is not religious. And so I don't know if, He's not part of the family, and he's the only one who can see clearly. But I do want to say, Adam, her brother, he said she's still in the same state of mind as far as believing that she's chosen, that her and Chad were chosen to be who they were for this their second coming. With scriptures, they got all twisted up in the way that Chad explained things, and then she started to interpret them a certain way. And that completely makes sense. I feel like it's like that with a lot of people who go off the rails. They they start to interpret it in this wacko way. Okay, I said I was going to come back to Chad's five children who are not talked about at all in this. But people, yeah, I didn't even know if he had other kids. I did not either. I, I mean, I knew he was married. One, I didn't know how long they were married. But let me talk about his kids. So people sat down with them, People Magazine. And they did an interview, and all five kids say in this interview that their dad was hoodwinked. He was fooled. He's innocent in all of this. And I took a step back when I read that because they look like they're normal kids. They look normal. They're in their 20s. They have, like, kids. They have normal lives. And they had a very good relationship with both their mom and their dad, And so I took a step back and I'm like, if my dad, I don't know, I can't say I wouldn't, I don't know. It's such a complicated situation because we don't know that he was involved. Well, and I understand why they would feel that way. Yeah. Whether he was or he wasn't, I understand why they would like, their feeling would be like, she's the problem. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. And I mean, who knows? I totally see that, but he was too close to Lori to not be involved somehow. Even if he he wasn't the one who killed them, they were buried in his backyard, which he probably gave permission to. And he knew they were missing well, this whole time. And I mean, look, best, best case scenario, he knew they were dead. Yeah. I mean, that's the, now he was tricked into this. He was whatever, maybe, I don't know, but like, Hey, can I bury my kids where the dog is? Like, no, that's not like you. now you're involved because your option is to be like, no, and then call 911. And I also want to know, and we won't know because, well, we might know eventually, but Alex is dead. If Alex is the one who did it, because he already had no problem killing Charles and trying to kill. He, I mean, I don't know. Alex probably killed Tammy. It seems like he's the one who was doing the dirty work, but who knows? As of November 2021, which is last month, they are still facing charges, but now they're facing charges that also connect them to the death of their spouses, which good. Not just yeah. the kids. But that's all we know. I think Lori is still in the mental health and welfare institute, and um, that's all we know. 
so I'm going to keep checking for updates. I checked for an update just before we got on here, and that's the one I found. I, like, I I knew about this woman who ran away with an author, with, like, a apocalypse fiction author who killed her kids. Mm-hmm. I did not know how deep that whole situation went. It is pretty deep, and I did not get a lot into Chad. Um, just because the timeline on this was so crazy, I didn't want to, like, muddle it too much with his background. But And also, he's a piece of shit, so... Moving on. That's just insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. The fact that so much of her family was involved and right. it was a little culty. It's a it lot just, culty. I know. I say a little culty. I mean, it's a lot culty, but it was only like five people that we know of. That's what I was just about to say. I wonder if there are more like people in this cult that we just don't know about. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like to think that cult is QAnon on now. Aren't they all at this point? Like, QAnon basically was just like, look, let's consolidate. Let's all come together are as you, one. Are you crazy? Do you believe in crazy things that have absolutely no basis in reality? We want you. Tagline. <laughs> okay. So that's Doomsday Mom. And you're going to talk about who? I'm going to talk about Jason Landry. I... Apparently, was just running out of ideas for topics, and I, or maybe I, maybe I have ideas for topics and just none of them appealed to me this week. I don't know, um, but I literally I put mystery into the search on TikTok and just cruised through and watched all sorts of different, like some pretty random weird shit. <laughs> like, yeah. look. If you don't want to see random weird shit, this is not the search for you. (laughs) Um, But then I came across this and one, I've never heard of this case. Um, It is here in Texas. It actually, he was a student at Texas state, which is in San Marcos, which is, I spent a year there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's odd to me that I have not heard about this case at all until I happened to find a TikTok about it. When I went looking for it, there it's it has been on a couple of podcasts, um, not any that I listened to. Um, I may actually go back and listen. I did not. I didn't listen to any of the podcasts on it, just because I didn't want to accidentally take someone's content. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't listen to any of the podcasts, um, but it has been featured a couple of times. So it's not that nobody's paying attention. It's just that it's not getting. It just, I guess, never got enough publicity. Yeah. So the the beginning of this case is pretty simple. Um, Jason Landry was a student at Texas State, which, like I said, is in San Marcos, which San Marcos is basically right between Austin and San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And he was leaving school to go home for Christmas break on December 13th of 2020. He left kind of late. That's not that unusual. I think it was like 1030 or something like that. Um, Maybe a little bit later. He's leaving. He's leaving a little late. Mm -hmm. But college kids, man, like that's kind of normal. Um, Nothing unusual. As far as I can tell, nobody had any concerns about him. Um, He was just like a normal guy going about his normal life. And he leaves to go home. 
he was using Waze as his um, GPS or navigation or whatever. And so we're able to track his phone up to a point. Um, he had, he talked to friends like his parent. I think his parents knew he was headed home. Although I, there is a part of this. that's a little weird to me just because parents like, why were they not blowing up his phone anyway? So he leaves San Marcos. He gets on highway 80 and heads his, he's going home to Missouri city. So he gets on leaving San Marcos. He gets on the right road on highway 80. He goes under 35 headed East and he's cruising along. He's got his navigation system working until he gets to Luling, which Luling is about half an hour, give or take from San Marcos. And he's this highway 80 is, um, kind of a, it's, I don't think it's like, it's not like a big four lane highway. I don't think, I think it's probably maybe, I don't know if it's all two lane. It's not like a huge, like a big, huge road. Yeah. Um, and these are all, he's going through a bunch of little towns and Luling is a pretty little town. When he gets to Luling, that's the last place that, that they were able to track his phone. Um, because they know that his, he accessed Snapchat and then they know that his navigation system turned off. In Luling, and I know exactly where this is um, because I've been there, mm-hmm. there is a place where you, when you come into Luling, where there are a lot of roads that kind of all come together. And these are, there. none of them are big roads, so it's not like, it's not necessarily just obvious that in order to stay on Highway 80 to go where he needed to go, he would need to just sort of bear right. It's not a turn. It's just like you need to like go a little more right than left. Yeah. And he ended up on this gravel road called Salt Flat Road that kind of loops, Salt Flat actually loops back around to Lockhart, which is north of Luling. Yeah, north of Luling. Mm. Um, and it's just like, I mean, it is it is a back, it is a gravel back road. Yeah. So he ends up on Salt Flat Road, which is not hard to do. It's super easy to just like all of a sudden be like, where the hell am I? <laughs> it bothers me a little that he ended up as far down Salt Flat Road as he did mm-hmm. because it's 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 immediately off. Like it's easy to accidentally go left instead of right, but it's immediately obvious that you are not on the main road that you need to be on anymore. So it's a little strange to me that he didn't immediately turn around. Although my thought is maybe he didn't want to. He didn't want to go off the because sh- this has this salt flat is a gravel road with no shoulder, and the brush comes up like just almost probably to the edge of the road, depending on the Mm -hmm. time of year. And the fencing is probably only, I don't know, four feet off the road. Yeah. So no shoulder. There's not any place like my thought is maybe he was driving down because he was hoping to find a driveway to turn into so that he didn't have to get kind of off the road to turn around because he was worried about getting stuck. Yeah. Um, 
But at this point, his we're not his phone is no longer. Basically, when he he accesses Snapchat and his navigation system shuts off, the phone is is still working. Um, it was still they were still able to get a signal from it, but that's it was no they can't track it any further. But they know where he went based on where his car was found. So he has no navigation, but it is, I mean, it's super obvious that he's in the wrong place. It's not like he thought he was in the on the right road and just kind of kept cruising. Yeah. So he, we don't know what happened. At 1230, which this is about, I had the timeline in front of me. I don't know what I did with it. Can I tell you this bonkers theory that I heard the other day? I was listening to a podcast about what the fuck is that serial killer's name? God damn it. Um, Israel Keys. Thank you, Israel Keys, saying mm-hmm. that he was in the area at the same time Maura Murray, Maura Murray went missing. And I was like, who knows? Because he's dead. I who told knows? you my friend. My friend thinks that she almost got grabbed by Israel Keys, right? Uh-uh. Yeah, she like 100%. She did not know what he looked like. And she had, she was in a cemetery, which is a place that Israel Keys has admitted mm-hmm. to stalking people. And she, she saw somebody like she didn't, she just saw that there was a person that came like sort of out of the tree line. Yeah. And was like, mm, that's suspicious. And then when she looked up again, he was moving faster and she like, like immediately was like, Nope, this is not okay. And like literally ran her ass out of the cemetery and got in her truck. And when she locked the doors, he was close enough that she could see his face. Yeah. And she identified Israel keys from a picture later. She didn't know. Oh my God. She just was like, I was, she's like, I knew I was in danger. That's like, I knew I needed, she's like, I knew I had that. She's like, I felt like my life depended on me getting to the truck before he did. Why was she in the cemetery? She was visiting her grandfather's grave, I think. I so think it was, it was, it was daytime? Yeah. I'll, I want to talk about him because he this, is wacko. He is wacko. And we could probably, um, we can, we can maybe get Christina to come on and talk about it too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And we can. she's. And she's talked, she's talked to some media, like just recently, actually, some, she, she had posted something about it and, um, I can't remember. I think somebody a lot picked of people... it up and gave her a call and was like, Hey, can you, do you want to tell the story? And she's like, sure. I mean. Yeah. Good for her. I think a lot of people didn't really know about Israel keys. I didn't know too much about him. I didn't know he was a freaking serial killer. She anyway, we're know. not talking about him. We're not talking about him, but it is interesting. I mean, and yes, yeah. I did hear that about Maura Murray. Okay. So, 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 so. Sorry for the commercial break. Um, (laughs) Okay, Landry left the San Marcos apartment at 10.55. So it's roughly 11.20 when the um, navigation system stops working. Mm -hmm. I think like maybe between 11.20 and 11.30, something like that. His... Around about 1230, a, I want to say, was it volunteer fire department? It is a volunteer. Okay. A volunteer firefighter 
is the person who happened upon Jason's wrecked vehicle about 1230. So not that long. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, it's just been roughly an hour since he had accessed his Snapchat. And his car was found, like I said, it was wrecked. Mm-hmm. It was sitting where it was basically um, parallel to the road with the driver's side door pushed up against the barbed wire fence. And there was damage to both the front and the back of the vehicle. The passenger door was actually locked. The lights were still on. Was the driver's door open or was it pushed all the way up to the fence? Pushed up to the fence. There's one picture. And this is where we're going to get frustrated. Okay. The volunteer firefighter took a couple of pictures. When he he called it in, of course, Mm -hmm. and took a couple of pictures. That's actually the only pictures that we have from the scene. What? The police get there. They see the vehicle. There's no driver. There's no evidence inside the vehicle that anyone was injured. There's no blood. There's no, Mm -hmm. you know, the car's damaged, but it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't, it's not like a bloody accident scene or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's just the car. The, like I said, the lights are still on and it's unclear how the driver got out of the car. Although he could have locked the door. He could have crawled yeah. out the passenger door and then locked it. So when the police arrive, they look around. Don't take any pictures. Call the tow truck and have the truck removed or have the car removed. I Okay. <laughs> His dad is woken up by a phone call at 2 a.m. Now, this is where I'm a little... I think his parents knew that he was headed home, but it's odd to me that it's 2 a.m. and his dad was woken up from a phone call because at that point he should have been, he should have been home already. That is not odd to me. I can't even tell you how many times I drove home to see my parents in the middle of the night and I'd talk to my parents and they'd be knocked out by 9 p.m. and I'd just come in through the back door and see him in the morning. So I don't think that's odd at all. Okay. Okay. Well, it's odd to me because let me just tell you that if I was leaving at 11 o'clock, first of all, my mother would try to talk me out of driving at night. Oh, I'm in mine too. Yeah. (laughs) But if I was leaving at 11 o'clock, if there was a 30 minute stretch in which my mother could not reach me, she would have been driving towards the direction I was coming from to find me. Well, not all mothers are like yours. Not all mothers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's why I was just like, you were just like asleep. Yeah, I don't think that's weird. Home. But to be fair, not that this matters because it is, it's just a difference of, it's just, it's, this is just an experience difference. He was 21. So it, this isn't like a, it's not like the first time he's driving home or anything like mm-hmm. that. So I can, I can kind of see why they were just like, okay. Cause who knows? I mean, maybe his habit, who knows? Maybe Maybe they knew that he was going to, like, hook up with friends or something or thought he might go see a friend when he got into town. Who knows? Yeah, or they just knew he was comfortable with the route. So the dad gets a phone call um, 
I believe from the sheriff's, it was either the sheriff's department or um, highway patrol. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure which, but they call him and just tell him that his, this vehicle was found wrecked and it's been towed to impound. And he's like, okay, but where's my son? Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, there was nobody with the vehicle. There didn't, you know, we didn't have any indication that there were injuries. We don't know. Just letting you know. And this bothers me. If they didn't think that, like, if they genuinely thought that that there was nobody injured, why would they call at 2 a.m. just to tell him that the car had been towed to impound? I don't know. That might be. I don't know if maybe, I mean, maybe it's just department policy. I don't know. But, I mean, if your car gets towed to impound, they're not informing you, like, ASAP. My car has never been towed. I had a car towed once and nobody informed me. I had to (laughs) figure out where the hell it went. Yeah, it might just be a protocol thing. Who knows? I don't know. I just thought that that was a little strange to me, too, that it's like, well, so you don't think anything's really wrong, but you're calling at 2 a.m. to tell someone that their car was towed to impound. Mm -hmm. And it's a little strange to me that it. That they didn't call till 2 a.m. when they found the car at 1230. Yeah, that is strange. I mean, it's one or the other. Like, if it's the thing that you would just normally do, I mean, I guess it's possible that they just, they weren't in any hurry, so it took a while to figure out who to call. I don't know. The whole, the situation is just strange. It's strange to me to not take, for the police to not take any pictures. Yeah. Um, it's strange to me. That they immediately determined that this was a one-vehicle accident, even though there was damage to both the front and the back of the car. Now, the way the car was sitting, it could have been. It's just, there's just too many weird things. Mm-hmm. So, the his dad basically immediately gets in the car and starts driving to Luling. When he gets there, he realizes he doesn't know where the accident scene is. Hmm. So he actually goes to the impound lot. And at this point, it would probably be about 4 a.m., something like that, early morning, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit later than that, assuming that, it, you know, he had to get his life together before he could just get in the car and drive. Mm-hmm. You know, put on shoes, things like that. Um, so he goes to the impound lot. And there is someone there, and he's, shown the car and he gets into the car and almost immediately finds Jason's cell phone, which is between the center console and the driver's seat. That's not good. Not good. He's immediately concerned. He, the impound lot is able to tell him where they picked the car up. Mm -hmm. So he starts going towards the accident scene because he's thinking he's going to, he's going to join a search for his son. Yeah. When he gets there, he's actually, he, it's such a, this is such kind of an odd area. He's not a hundred percent sure that he's even found the right road. So he gets a little lost and calls his wife and she calls, she's able to reach the officer who initially called them, who is now at home in bed. Yeah. And he, you know, gives her better directions. She relays that. So he's, turns down the road and now that he knows he's on the right road he's 
looking and seeing nothing. It's just dark. There are no lights on this road. And the first thing he comes upon is a pile of clothes. Mm -hmm. And his first thought is that this must be the accident scene. So he gets out to look at it and it's his son's clothes, not just his son's clothes, but well, I don't know that they knew at the time that they were the clothes he was wearing, but they have determined that these were the last clothes he was seen wearing based on pictures he had sent via Snapchat. This is sounding kind of similar to Daniel Robinson. A little bit. Yeah. The males. I actually think. Ashley Flowers just did an episode that was titled Males Missing from Their Cars, and she covered oh, Daniel I Robinson. I haven't, I haven't listened, listened to it yet. I haven't, I'll, I'll need to find that. Maybe she, I don't know, she may talk about this one. Um, so he finds the clothes, and it's all of his clothes. Socks, underwear, shorts, shirt, everything. So at first he thinks this is the scene, but then he realizes that that's not exactly the directions. And when he starts looking around, he doesn't see any place that there could have been an accident. So he drives a little further down the road and then finds his son's backpack also on the road, but not in the same place as the clothes. So now he knows he's basically in the immediate area and he realizes that no one is there looking for Jason. Oh my God. So hours now have gone by and this 21 year old is missing and no, literally no one is looking for him. Nobody's taking it seriously. That's so, it's so screwed up. This whole like male or adults period missing is not taken seriously. But then also, even when you try and report, I know it's state by state, even when you try and report a missing person, they usually tell you to wait 48 hours until you haven't heard from them. And, you know, I kind of understand, I do understand the concept that adults have the right to disappear and not tell anybody where they're going. Um, I do get that that's like, you're not required to be where people know where you are. Mm-hmm. That's why I think as you're submitting that missing persons, or if they tell you you have to wait 48 hours, make them do a welfare check every freaking hour. Absolutely. You know, they, they have to do well, welfare checks if you ask. But what gets me in this case is, okay, yeah, he has the right to go missing, but you know for a fact that his vehicle was wrecked. Exactly. Now. Different. The dad almost immediately finds this pile of clothes in the backpack. Mm -hmm. Were they not there when the police were there? Or were they just not, they weren't even like remotely paying attention? I don't don't know. I just don't think that they were taking it seriously at all. You know, I think it, so I think it is possible that they just simply didn't take it seriously. I think if I, well, almost anything at this point is possible because now, as we sit almost a year later, there have been multiple searches, big searches. Mm -hmm. They searched for nine days, including using Ariel for three days. Um, Texas EquiSearch has been out there. The head of Texas EquiSearch has basically said he's not in this area, which that's a huge statement. That yeah. dude is experienced mm-hmm. and he's very good and he is extremely familiar with this part of Texas because I think he's from pretty close by like Hill Country. So for him to make the statement that he's not out there, yeah, 
that's concerning to me. Because. Uh, yeah, I agree. Can I say Not something only. really quick? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go of ahead. course. No, go ahead. I'm just going to relate this back to Daniel Robinson again and a few other cases who are just like Ashley Flowers said, males missing from their cars. Doesn't that spark suspicion in people that there could potentially be someone abducting these young men while they're traveling? I don't know. I think with Daniel Robinson, he was kind of going off into the schizophrenia a little bit, but. And that frequently happens. And that's why I say, you know, I mean, in this case, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything that indicates that anybody thought that there was any kind of a problem. It was a normal day. He was headed home for Christmas or for winter break for Christmas, whatever. He was on the right road. He's literally only, I mean, where his car was found. I don't know exactly the, I don't know the exact distance, but it is not, it's, he wasn't even that far off course. Yeah. And his car is found within an hour of the last time that we know he was accessing his social media. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a cold night. Um, it had not been a super cold day. And I, I, I actually went and looked at the weather reports from that day because they talked about it being a chilly night. And I'm like, what's chilly? Like, this is central Texas. What are we talking about? Um, it was fairly cold. It had not been a cold day. So he was in shorts, which is like super on brand for Texas college students. Yeah. <laughs> to be in shorts, even though it's like going to get cold. Because um, it had been like in the 60s during the day. And was still probably not super cold when he left. By the following morning, it had dropped into like the mid to high 30s. It had not dropped below freezing. But um, I also did a little bit of research on how cold does it have to be for you to suffer from hypothermia. Mm -hmm. And the answer is surprisingly not that cold. Yeah. It doesn't actually have to be below freezing for somebody to get hypothermia. Mm -hmm. Basically, you can be in the beginning stages of hypothermia if your body temperature drops below 95 degrees. Damn. So it's actually not that huge of a core temperature change. Mm -hmm. Um, The law enforcement's basic there. Oh, let me go back just a little bit there because I want to talk about how much they have searched. They have done tons of ground searching, including aerial search, including um, Texas EquiSearch. Plus, they've done aerial searches. They also did have dogs come out, and the dogs followed his scent to a, they called it a pond. I'm thinking it's probably a livestock tank um, type pond. They drained it to see if there was any evidence of him, and there's nothing. Oh, but that's the only that that was the only indication the dogs gave was towards this like that's where they stopped tracking. Um wow. they have also done a drone search, which this is super interesting and I I don't think I've ever read about this before. The drone search actually they record all of this data that the drone is able to all of the video that the drone is able to record. Mhm. They store all of that, and then they're actually able to use a program and tell it to search for anything that looks like some, like, they can, they basically are able to give the program an example, like, 
find any parts of an image that look like blue jeans. Mm-hmm. So then the computer is able to assess all of this data that it would be very difficult for a human to look at very, very quickly and pinpoint any area that has something that looks like blue jeans. That Bigfoot show that I always talk about, uh that I rave about, Expedition Bigfoot, they did that. Oh, cool. Yeah. This is the first time I'd ever read about that. And it makes sense, but I just had never read about it being used. So um, they right now, they have like 86 points, what they're calling points of interest that they're trying. And this is as of October of this year. They have all of these points of interest that are that that are pinpointed on a map that they're in the process of systematically doing visual searches on, like mm-hmm. physical visual searches on. In this case, though, what they had to tell it to look for was something that looked like bone because mm-hmm. the fact that the clothes that he was known to be wearing were found, their assumption is that if he left the scene on foot, that he was naked. Yeah. Now I talked about hypothermia and one of the things that does sometimes happen with hypothermia is called paradoxical undressing. And it's basically, yeah, it's basically just where your brain is confused and tells you that you will be warmer if you take off your clothes. I feel like that's really normally associated with much more serious hypothermia cases that's than what, what you would say. expect from someone who, I mean, even by the time, even by the time his dad got there and found the clothes, we're talking about still just a matter of a few hours. And yeah, hypothermia can happen really fast. But at that point, I don't even think, I don't know that it was even into the 30s at this point. Mm-hmm. So yes, cold, but not... It's not like a, this isn't like a serious weather condition situation. Yeah. Um, It's very strange that the clothes were found. I, and I looked to see if anybody, and I think the answer is nobody really knows for sure. Because my thought was, could he have put on warmer clothes? Like, even if he was disoriented, concussed, whatever, Mm -hmm. Could he have stripped out of those clothes to put on warmer clothes? But nobody knows for sure, because I don't think anybody was able to be sure of what he would have had with him. Right. Um, they still didn't find, even after they go back and search the car again, they still don't find any evident, like any obvious evidence of an injury. That doesn't mean he didn't have a head injury, just there's no blood. Yeah. His clothes did not appear like there was nothing on the clothes that looked like he had any serious injuries. The only thing they found on his clothes was like a very small spot of blood that was on the waistband of, I've read either, I've read the shorts and I've read the underwear and I'm not sure which is, is correct. I do know this case because I remember that detail. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't think I've heard about this case until I just kind of randomly found I, well, it. I obviously don't know much about it because I yeah. just now remembered it, but I do remember that detail. And I mean, that to me is not necessarily... I mean, who the hell knows? He could have he could have had a cut on his finger and, you know, putting on clothes. It got wiped on a piece yeah. of his clothing. So it's nothing that in, there's nothing that indicates he was terribly injured or anything <sighs> like that, other than the fact that they can't find him. Um, 
the police are basically taking the position that he had a hand injury as a result of the accident. He got hypothermia, wandered off, and either um, just died from exposure or perhaps fell into... This isn't... Luling is a big oil area. Yeah. And there would be a lot of wellheads that, like, unused that like maybe something wasn't capped yeah. properly and he fell into something. I mean, they've searched so many places though, that at this point is like, I don't know, but that's the police's official position is that he died as a result of the, of wandering off after being injured in an accident. I just have to question the head injury theory because they say there was no obvious signs of him. Like, being injured in the car, like, did his head hit the window? Was the glass broken? Well, so, I, that, yeah, agreed. Um, I will say that you can have a concussion without any obvious signs of injury. Yeah, but he had to have hit it on something, right? Not necessarily. Um, a concussion is caused by your brain impacting the inside of your skull. Okay, so like a hard hit so on the even car, maybe. Whiplash. So even like whiplash can cause a concussion. Okay. It just kind of depends. It's it's very individual. Some people are more susceptible to concussions. I guess their brains just wobble around more. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that so he didn't he wouldn't necessarily have had to have even like anything visible on yeah. his head to have suffered a head injury. Um, so I do think that that theory is possible. It doesn't explain a lot of the, well, for one thing, it doesn't explain why they haven't found any evidence of him or his body other than what was on the road. It is concerning to me that the police just immediately were like, yep, there's a car. Go ahead and tow it off. Yeah, me too. Also, how can they completely rule out the theory that he was picked up? no idea yeah um it's a pretty so there are some structures on this road i i also looked at the google maps just to see like you know how how desolate is it um there are some structures one of them looks like an abandoned house mm-hmm. um i don't think any it, it definitely doesn't look like anybody would be living there wouldn't that be the kind of road somebody looking for a victim would prey on and then like get into a car accident with them and then abduct them? I don't know. That's where my brain's going. So, so yes, on the one hand, yes. But here's the other thing. This is in an area that honestly, you could stalk victims there for 10 years and never come across one. <laughs> oh God. Because there's just like the likelihood of somebody being, of somebody just wandering. I mean, yeah, I guess it is. And it's easy to make the wrong turn. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like. I don't know. To just happen upon somebody. Look, there have been weirder coincidences. Yeah. Of people just being in the right right place or the wrong place, depending on your perspective. Yeah. And like just being like a predator being in the right place to just grab a victim. So yeah, I mean, sure. That absolutely could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it would be, it would be a huge coincidence unless there's some detail that we're missing. 
they did make a point to say that they found a, quote, small but usable amount of marijuana in his bag. Guys, I do the podcast high. It's I, I roll my eyes so hard at that because it's like, you know, okay, yes, fine. That's a detail, but would you... That shouldn't Isn't even matter. Does it matter? I mean, on the one hand, I don't know. We talk about Maura Murray. One of the things they found in her vehicle was alcohol bottles. So I guess it's similar. We're just talking about, like, what did he... Is it possible that he was a little high? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, what they found was five joints. Um, he was, that doesn't he was preparing his, to go home to spend time with his family. <laughs> there it is. Right there. I was like, he was just packing for the... He was like... Oh. Okay, five will do it. I, I think I can make it on five. Yeah, I mean, God, he's brave, though, to travel in, in a very illegal state with five joints. He's I don't even travel San with Marcus. my pin sometimes. He's leaving San Marcos. San Marcos is so close to Austin, and I'll just tell you that in Austin, like, it's easy to forget that it's even an illegal state because it's just so commonplace. So, I I'm, but, he, but he's driving through the fucking, like, Boonies. look. This is not a place where the where he is going. This is not where you want to get pulled over with anything in the car. Yeah, exactly. Because you okay. will get absolutely crucified for it. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't surprise me that they pointed it out. Um. Is it possible that he smoked before he left? Sure, but does it matter? No, I don't fucking think so. I mean, I guess Unless the it idea made is, him sleepy. I was gonna say, I guess the idea is it could have it could be what led to the. It could be what led to him getting confused and going the wrong direction. However, the fact that he accessed his Snapchat, like almost in the exact same area leads me to believe he was just distracted. Yeah. And just, you know, just wasn't, just wasn't really paying attention and accidentally went left when he went, when he should have gone right. Mm-hmm. Um, my concern is that when they went back out that like they hadn't even, and this is kind of typical. <laughs> it happens a lot and you'll see it like, if there's an accident, they don't necessarily even bother to clean up all the parts of the car. Like one of his side mirrors was actually still like on the side of the road. So, but they knew where the wreck was based on that. Yes. That was one of the ways that they, that, that they were actually able to go back and pinpoint exactly where the accident site was. Yeah. Um, so there's basically no, Oh, they, the family is working with private investigators right now. They're, the head of the PI firm that they're working with is a former FBI agent. Mm-hmm. And he is working on a completely different theory. He questions whether or not he was truly the only person in the car. I was just going to say that, Susan. I was yeah. just going to say that. Um, and he is asking for something that is called a geofence warrant this is another thing i have never heard of Mm -hmm. it is a really interesting thing it's basically a warrant to access cell tower records and other digital evidence Mm -hmm. for an area in other words to be able to see anyone who was using a device within this specific area there's a lot of controversy surrounding this and I understand why. Um, if I'm not guilty, I don't care who sees. You know, okay, so let me play devil's advocate on that for just a second. 
one, I don't have a problem with it, first of all. I don't think there's any reason to have a problem with it. But I do understand that there are situations in which you may have done nothing wrong, but you do not want your location to be found. Why? If you're hiding from an abusive ex-husband. They can't give that information out. And that's my thing. And that's why I don't have a problem with it. Because who's going to see it? Now, I guess arguably you could say, well, what if somebody's hiding from someone who would have access to it? That's just reaching, though. I don't know. It is reaching. I mean, I don't know. I... I understand, I understand that there's a battleground of digital information right now. Right. And I totally, I do get why. Um, but in this case, it seems to be the police department specifically mm-hmm. that is blocking him getting that warrant. I mean, of course, the PI can't get the warrant. The police have to get the warrant. He's asking them to request the warrant in Sometimes order to get I the think... information. And they are refusing to do it. Sometimes I think in cases where stuff like that's happening, the police are just being ridiculous because they're not in charge anymore at that point, basically. Like well, they're I, getting it for somebody else. I think they definitely get their get their little knickers and a wad about a PI ever. Yeah. And a PI that is former FBI is like just that much worse. Yeah. But at the same time, my God, if you really believe what they say they believe, then what could be the harm? Yeah. I don't know. So the result is they are still actively searching that his family is still actively searching um, for him. We're like I said, we're within a week of it being a year since he went missing. Mm-hmm. And there have basically been almost no developments. Like I said, I mean, you know, they've done all of these searches. They're still trying to go through the drone footage and search all of those points of interest that they were able to identify from that. And that was. That article was just. A little over a month ago. Yeah. So. Um, Dang. It's possible that they're able to find something on in one of those areas. I hope so. I mean, that would be amazing. This is two cases. It's so weird that we're doing two cases that both yeah. need to be updated eventually. Definitely. I will say this. Um, alien abduction was definitely brought up. I, and I think everybody's pretty aware that I'm like one of the first people to be like, um, this is it suspicious. Was it was the aliens. So I kind of went to, I read just a little blip that somebody was claiming to have been able to access the dispatch recording from when the firefighter called the accident in. Oh, I would love to hear that. I could not find it. I saw a little blip about it and that some, it might not be available. And I, that's what I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what they said they heard, but I'm going to preface this by saying, I can't be sure that this is credible or that they actually were even able to access this dispatch recording. I don't know. Yeah. But the claim is that there's more than one voice that you can hear. It's not just the firefighter that they can hear at least one other voice and that they hear the phrase, he screamed like a girl. What? If what could that, that even is mean? true, it definitely that leads to way more questions than answers. But I wasn't able to find the recording to listen to it myself, and it was just like one little like in a comment, you know, people talking mm-hmm. about the case comment section. So I have no idea how accurate that is, how credible it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um. 
several people said, can you send the link? And I didn't, I couldn't find anywhere that somebody had ever sent a link. That, I'm going to talk about that for a second. That is so frustrating to me because I love, and I think you do too, to get on Reddit and to look up, well, I like to get on Reddit and look up cases. Well, I, I, I want to know what people are saying about it. Like, I want to know, like, what is the, like, what's kind of the consensus? Do we think he was having a mental breakdown? Do we think, like, what is the, what's the conversation? What are people saying? there's always that one person who throws in this thing that is not true at all and people latch onto it. And I'm not saying that's. And I will say that nobody really jumped on it. And that's why I just don't, I just don't know. Could it be that there's somebody who was able to get access to something that we don't have access to? Yeah. And that's why there's no reply when people are like, send the link because they can't. Sure. That's, I mean, it's possible. It's odd to me that a volunteer firefighter, first of all, these people volunteer their service. I had an ex-boyfriend that did that. I mean, that's, that's a lot of time. No, people don't, I mean, the people who do that are not the type of people typically that wouldn't, I don't know, look around on the, like, look on the road, try to like, look around to see like, does somebody need help? Do you know if his identity is verified? As far as I can tell that like, that's who it was. Yeah. Um, I believe he waited for the police. I don't, I mean, there's nothing, mm-hmm. there's nothing strange about that part of it to me, except for why is he not the one that found the clothes in the backpack? I don't know. I can't say, I can't say if I was alone, I'd go off in the dark like that and start searching. I understand why the dad did, but they were on the road. Right. But didn't the dad I mean, have to go down the road a little bit to find them? Well, in the dark. So I'm not 100% sure which direction from the accident. And I also don't know which direction the firefighter was coming from. Right. So I'm not, I, I, I think that the dad would have ended up going down the road from the same direction that Jason did. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it was coming back towards 80. Yeah. And I mean, it's possible that the firefighter was coming from the other direction. I don't know. Um, but here's the other thing to me that is possible. It's possible that the clothes in the backpack weren't there. And that the it's dad planted possible. them? No, I think it's possible that Jason had that Jason still was wearing his clothes and still had his backpack. Maybe he was afraid of something and took off to hide. Maybe. Skinwalkers. I mean, <laughs> Susan, we cannot say it wasn't a skinwalker. Well, and it's, in, I mean, skinwalkers aside, one of the theories about why he wrecked, because I mean, the other question is what caused him to have a wreck? And one cobra. of the theories is that he hit his brakes to avoid probably a deer. Because let me just tell you, when they come out of the damn brush mm-hmm. over those fences, when they jump over the fence, they land in the road. Yeah. There is no in between when, if you see them coming, if you see one coming over the fence, it will be in the road period. Like there's no other place for him to go. So, I mean, that's one of the theories is that he, that something ran out in front of him and he hit his brakes to avoid hitting something and the gravel caused him to lose control of the car, which makes perfect sense. 
And which also, <clears throat> I will say that also makes sense as to why law enforcement didn't immediately think that there was something terribly wrong because it's a gravel road. There's mm-hmm. lots of wildlife. There's reasonable explanations as to how somebody could have had a wreck there. The whole thing's very frustrating because it just seems like there would there would have been such a better chance of finding him, mm-hmm. hopefully okay, if they had started looking for him right away. Yeah, 100%. But basically no one looked for, no one even started looking for him until after his dad got there and was like, why the hell is no one out here looking for my child? And the fact that they still haven't been able to find him or even his body. Which is wild. I will say there's so much area out there and how far could he have got before someone saw him? Well, honestly, there's a lot of places he could be that nobody would see him. And and the theory about him falling down into a into a you know a spent well or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that could happen. It seems like they would have found some evidence. Yeah. Um. We'll just. But I don't know. But I'm gonna keep an eye on it. So hopefully we'll be able to update that. Yeah. At some point, I don't know. I just I when I saw it and was like, whoa, that's like almost exactly a year ago. We're definitely talking about this today. We are on social media. Instagram and Twitter is Wild Milk Pod. Facebook is Wild Milk Podcast. Yeah, that's it. This is Wild Milk Podcast. <laughs> Patreon is patreon.com slash Wild Milk Podcast. We have that new link that's buymeacoffee.com slash Wild Milk Pod where you can donate to our attempt to meet up with Courtney and do a paranormal investigation. And always, always, always. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast if that's where you listen. Um, also, it came to my attention this week that um, one of my best friends did not know who listens, um, at least casually listens to the podcast, Did not was not aware that we have a whole website with merch. Oh, yeah, I never talk about that. But yes, we do. And we it's do. good stuff. We just updated it. It, and everything looks really cute. I actually posted the link um, in a Facebook group the other day, along Yay. with the link to our Spotify. But guys, we do have merch, so if yeah, you and want you can to find our it. stuff, you can. Yeah, it's on our website, wildmilkpod.com. There's a little mm-hmm. link that says merch. And I mean, we have we used to just have t-shirts, but now we have like water bottles and coffee cups, and um, we have all sorts of different things. Yeah, Ozzy is featured. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is oh he is. I forgot I made that design. Yeah, he is featured. Yeah, go check that out and um, you know, like support us cuz we need the validation. We've talked about it before. We, do. we, do. we, we crave validation, people, please. And also, remember that all stories start somewhere. Be wild, stay woke and question everything.